With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something. Something. Bravo. Lord Lattimore Volkman. Jess Place. And Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com. This is Tim Lynch from Mile High Report, and on behalf of the Denver Broncos, we selected Drew Locke with the 10th overall selection. This is Something Something Broncos. I am sick. I am just placed by... Hi, Lori Lattimore Volkman and uh, Tim Lynch. We are contributors to Mile High Report. We are brought to you by Jamal Charles, the worst Denver Broncos running back to ever think he could make the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's terrible. I know. It's best I can do. I'm sick. I love Jamal Charles. Oh. We fucked that up, not him. It's really a shame what happened to him. It's he wore an Elway's jersey, man. Yeah, he loved the Broncos. We just could not figure out what to do with him. It's terrible. He like, well, he's running it at a great clip. We need to run Booker instead. He's we need to get Booker <laughs> yeah, right? for no yard. Like the guy leads the uh, NFL in yards per carry, and we give him the ball three times this season. And we thought Vic Fangio was the only coach not to watch film. I thought. <laughs> He was averaging 4.5 yards per carry, too, for the Broncos, but he only had, like, 18 carries or something. Exactly. Like, we could if we had used him, we could have probably improved our running game tenfold that season. 
Vance Joseph was coach, right? So I, I don't think so. Well, right. It was a coaching problem, but that's what I'm saying. It wasn't ready to give up on the young buck for a productive veteran who could actually help the team. No. <laughs> and who wanted to help and who loved the Broncos. All right, we should and probably stop talking about that. In case you haven't heard, the SB Nation mock draft extravaganza is going on. And uh, just moments ago, uh, I heard Tim Lynch record the Denver Broncos pick. It was Drew Locke. Surprise to very few that the Broncos went to a quarterback. <laughs> Tim, would you like to shed some light on why you selected Drew Locke? Part of it was just how the board went down with this mock. I think some of the the bloggers may have been unrealistic with their team's focus in this year's draft. But anyway, it, it went like this. The first pick was Kyler Murley, Murray to uh, the Cardinals. Then Nick Bosa went to the 49ers. Josh Allen to the Jets, Quinnen Keenan Williams, the defensive lineman, I don't know how to say his first name, to the Raiders with the fourth pick, Ed Oliver to the Buccaneers, Devin White to the Giants, Dwayne Haskins to the Jaguars, Brian Burns to the Lions, and TJ Hawkinson to the Bills. So I think with if that board went like that, which it ain't going to go that way, in my opinion. It never does. Almost all of my favorite players went off the board before drew drew lock pick at 10 um so there was no devin white there was no ed oliver there was no williams there's no hawkinson um at that point i mean drew lock or devin bush eh, you know maybe you go with drew lock as your quarterback for the future to replace the great future hall of fame super bowl winning quarterback joe flacco <laughs> and, and we chuckle <laughs> I don't know what do you guys think is, is it the right pick or would you have preferred they went in another direction I think it is a good pick but it is not the pick I would want <laughs> I do think that we have to get a franchise quarterback and I totally understand the justification that we're here at number 10 we should take a chance on that position try to get in a player that we think could possibly be. And if it doesn't work out, then we manipulate it next year to try and get one of the 2020 quarterbacks, which arguably could be a, a better draft to choose from, but hopefully we aren't picking in the top 10 again next year. So it's tricky. You have, you're trying to balance what you, what you think you need now or what you're going to be needing in the near future but you have the chance now to get it. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Personally, even if Devin White and Ed Oliver are gone, I would probably be really happy if Elway went with Devin Bush and got a great linebacker to come in for our defense, just because I'm not personally sold on Drew Locke. But I get it. I would understand it and even be happy about it. I'm okay with it. You know, you look at you look at pictures of him, and and it, he looks like he would not be capable of doing silly dances. He knows that you can't do that. You can't. You, you know, everyone's judging you. They're putting you to the something something Broncos uh, doofus test. And you know, I, like the pictures, of, I'm I'm looking at it now, and he looks. I mean, he looks like he's uh, to be trusted on a dance floor. He looks like Jay Cutler, to be honest. I mean, yeah, well, without the bowl cut and the attitude and the, 
You put the bowl cut on him. It's like, it's Jay Cutler's little brother. He passes the doofus test, but I'm not sure he passes the cool test. So, yeah, somewhere between. He has the chin dimple, so that could go very far with regard to uh, the cool test because you need a good chin dimple to be a great quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) He'd need a a beard then, a little, little stubble. You know the Tom Brady, yeah. the Tom Brady look. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that little thing on your upper lip. Like if that carries all the way down to your chin, then then you really have a good shot in the NFL. <laughs> See, I'm taking back everything I just said a minute ago. I'm going to hate the fucking pick because he does look like <laughs> Jay Cutler, and I don't like Jay Cutler. If they end up going with Drew Locke, no matter who's on the board, I'll end up feeling like they should have traded back, back in the draft. Uh, I don't care how far you back you trade, just Trade back, stockpile picks this year, next year. It's a pretty deep draft at some other key positions. So feels like if if they went quarterback at ten, it would just you know whatever. Let's see if it works I, out. I get the feeling that taking him at ten is he not going to be around like at thirteen? Like is it, you know is is it more like we're we're taking him because we have the tenth pick or and we want him not to fall deeper or is it like we we need to like jump and take him because literally the 11th pick is going to jump in and snag him. Like, I mean, it's possible it's the Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Yeah. Well, red rifle, you know, they all left him. And you got the dolphins at 13. So, but you know, I don't know. Is that really a good reason? Like, I mean, the dolphins and the Bengals might might snag this guy. So we really have to jump in there. I mean, like, you know, we have had, some bad luck of late with quarterbacks, but I mean, they have been, I mean, red rifle, red rifle, but you know, I think we're all just not sold on drew Locke himself, you know, just should we even draft him no matter what spot we're in, in the first round that, that might be the question we should ask. And to me, that would be the question I would ask Elway. If when you're going into this, is drew Locke a quarterback you want just would you like to have him? Do you think he is a very good potential answer down the road? And if so, then you do take him because we do need to start looking at our franchise quarterback. But if you're not sold on him, then just skip the QB. Well, we've got Joe Flacco. We can try again next year. Go with some other really key positions Get the marquee defensive player that you can get in the first round. And then you've got the second and third rounds, a tight end to get uh, maybe even a wide receiver to get a defensive lineman. There's a lot to be had in this draft that we that we could really use. So unless you really think Drew Locke is, a, is the guy for your team, I would say skip him. And I'm not sold on Drew Locke, but I'm not John Elway either. Based on everything I know... Uh, about the Broncos franchise, which is very little. Uh, I agree with with you, Lori. I, I don't get the sense that they're in love with Drew Locke. And so, you know, I kind of agree. Like, let him fall to Cincinnati or, or, or Miami and set the table for Vic Fangio to have, like, his best possible defense he could possibly have so he's at his most comfortable. So he, so he knows that, you know, if the offense is struggling, the defense can carry like it did in, in 2015. Like, you know, let's not let's not joke around. That was that was an entirely defensive led effort that shoved Peyton Manning's lifeless body across the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, 
you know, and we could do that again. We could do that again with Joe Flacco and like, how hilarious would that be if, if, uh, you know, maybe not this year, but next year, the Broncos won the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco and he rides off into that sunset and we got a trifecta of retired Broncos quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can dream, can't I? I it, but that dream, unfortunately, I, in, it, as I was spinning that dream, Drew Locke was not in it. And that's, that's well, my, my biggest hope is that Joe Flacco came in last week and just knocked everybody's socks off in the coaching room. And everybody's excited about having him in the, in the rooms, on the field. And Elway's just like, wow, this is, this is great. I got this guy for a fourth-round pick. And it, whether or not it fools him into doing this or if he you know, did the right thing because Flacco turns out to be really good. And he skips on the quarterback at 10 and, and focuses on filling positions out. And, you know, I'm okay with that because the, the QB position still has to be addressed eventually. You got to move forward and get your, your roster right. There's, there's a lot of holes on this roster and, and uh, Drew Locke's not going to fix them. And that's the thing. Like, the quarterback is a position we need to fix. So if we had a guy we really liked, then we should get him. Drew Locke just isn't, I don't think, wowing people enough to be like, yeah, that's the guy we want to have coming behind Flacco when Flacco moves on. I'm going to do the Paxton Lynch experiment again. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So the re- I think the reason why we're so hesitant on uh, Drew Locke is we've seen this script before. We've got, we've got Joe Flacco over here. So we know that going into game one, it's not going to be Drew Locke starting. And so it's going to be another bench ride and it's going to be like, Willie, won't we? We got to, oh, you know, Joe threw a pick this time. Is it, is it, is it time for Drew? Is it time for Drew? It's, uh, we've, oh, we've done this. God, that's what Every it's going to be like. Exactly. <laughs> and nobody wants that, particularly Vic Fangio, as you said, Jess. I think give him the team he's going to be the most comfortable leading with. And that's a defensive team. Allow him to focus on what he does best and, and not have to worry about when to put in, when to bench former Super Bowl MVP. It's the Cutler-Plumber fiasco. I don't want to go through that again. That was so annoying. Yeah. And then Cutler sucked, and it's like Plumber came back, and everybody's like, woo! And he throws an interception, you're like, damn it. And his last pass is a Bronco. Yeah. So, like, like It was like a 50-yard interception, too. He just like threw it up and was like, Oh, Pete. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> I remember that past like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because we all expected him to come in and save the day. And and then Cutler came back in. Oh, crap. <laughs> you know, if they pass on lock, you know, they could address the the inside linebacker position. They can address the tight end position. They can address the offensive line. All within the first, you know, three two rounds. or three picks. So it's like, yeah. And, you know, I feel like that would be – that would make a huge impact on this year and next year. Whereas if you draft lock, you get two other guys later rounds, but you know, when is lock going to be ready to win games? You know, quarterback is, is a tough position to learn. And that's why a lot of quarterbacks don't peak until they're mid, you know, mid thirties. And we didn't bring in Joe Flacco to sit on the bench this year. That's just not going to happen. And then you run well, into the potential problem that we did have with, Paxton Lynch, where not only was he not ready enough to start, but then we didn't do the right development so that he could be ready the next year. And so 
you could end up with that issue with Drew Locke where even though he's going to be coached and he's going to be trying to come along and he has a nice mentor, he's not necessarily getting the experience that he's going to need to really lead the team the following year or perhaps the third year. I don't want to tune in three years from now and see Drew Locke in a Broncos uniform sitting on the bench sobbing into a towel. Like, <laughs> I can't have that again in, like, in, the, in this decade. I'm good for one. You can have one quarterback do it per decade, but, like, that's it. Like, here's my question. If we didn't select Drew Locke at 10 and we didn't trade back, what if we traded up? Like, say you package – your first round pick and dare I say it, Chris Harris Jr. to move up a couple of slots. Who who that was already taken uh, in the SB Nation mock draft extravaganza branding? Um, would you have taken? Who would you like? Who who is on that list that you're like? God, I wish we'd trade it up and get him. I I would only do this hypothetical with you if you take Chris Harris Jr. out of the equation. In my hypothetical. They trade up without trading one of my favorite players, and it would be to get a guy like Ed Oliver or Devin White, in my opinion, or the, the Williams guy out of Alabama. Um, but the thought of Ed Oliver on the defensive line with Chubb and Von Miller, or even Devin White in the middle, I mean, that just... Yeah. Oh. I think either one Woo! of those two would be <laughs> worth trading up for, but I, I'm with you, Tim. I would not get rid of Chris Harris Jr., if you do that, you yeah. just shoot yourself in the foot because you improved one part of your defense and then you just took away the best part of your defense, the second best part of your defense. Right. Well, okay, okay. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not against Chris Harris Jr. I love the guy. I love that he was undrafted. He's like, he's like the greatest. He's like, he's like one of those great Broncos stories that you, know, you, you hear for years to come. But what other capital do the Broncos have laying around I mean, they've already traded Case Keenum. Uh, <laughs> there's Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think he has the oomph. I mean, maybe it could be multiple picks. Right? Yeah, it could be multiple picks and, and a player, obviously. But it would be a first this year, a second next year, maybe a second this year, depending on how far you move up. It's expensive to move up uh, from from the tenth up. You looked at the draft value chart. Trading up from 11 to 10 is like a six-round pick. Nobody cares, right? Trading from like 10 to 5, it's like you're trading away a draft. It's insane yeah. how, how much the cost goes up from there. So if, if we did trade up, we would definitely – all right, so if we traded up, it wouldn't be for a quarterback. I, I think we've kind of – that's kind of the subtext of if you've been listening through the, uh, the podcast till now, <laughs> uh, we're not thrilled about the quarterback prospects. So that said – we have to protect the first round draft pick in 2020 because um, we will probably be in the same situation looking for a quarterback again. Um, but at least, you know, Joe Flacco will have aged a little bit and, and it won't be that we brought, we just brought Joe Flacco in. We need to, you know, sit the new guy. Got to protect that first round pick next year, just in case. So if we are going to move up, it's likely going to be uh, player capital, not so much draft capital. Unless we can give like third and fourth round picks, I just don't. I don't think trading up is going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. Who who would we trade up with? I mean, who would even be willing to to drop down because they could get a similar player? 
Well, you'll always have these these like hopscotch goobers that come in and like, you know, they oh they they move up to two and then they move back to five and then, you know, and then they oh now they're at seven and they're just amassing the draft capital. And it's it's like one of those goobers that, you know, they get so excited about hopping around that that you could make a deal with them. Like so it's probably readers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're trying to do number one to get Kyler, which I really hope they do. I really, really hope they do that. Go ahead and hamstring the the Raiders uh, with their their draft capital. Um, you've got a pouty kind of weird, I mean, very kind of strange personality in in Kyler with his his interviews and just the various things that have come out, you know. And you also have Mike Mayock, who's like, I'm I'm with the big boys. He's never had a front office position. He's always been on TV. He, I, he likes the attention clearly. So so why not? Why wouldn't Mike Mayock? Um, want to jump up there and be like, look what I did. I got the best guy in the draft. That's my Kyler Murray and <laughs> Antonio Brown together, huh? <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. Right? I think the only reason you would trade up is if you have a player so high on your board that it's, it's vital that you go get them. And if you look at recent history, the only time that ever happens is if there's it's a quarterback. All the trades in the top 10, almost all of them, were for quarterbacks. Everybody wants a quarterback. So I don't think uh, the Broncos would be idiotic to do that in this draft. Uh, do that in 2020. Trade away a whole draft class for if if the 2020 draft class is as hyped as, as it's going to be or is supposed to be. So in this draft, I'm not feeling it. In this draft, you really stock up on the key players that they ha- that this draft has, which is mm-hmm. a lot of defenders and then even tight end tight ends so that then next year you don't need those positions you know we'll be set at running back and tight end and wide receiver probably and uh cornerback and safety and you you basically quarterback is the one main thing you need so you can trade away to to get the guy you need tim for for the sake of our listeners because i know it uh by heart uh, who who's picking behind uh, Miami and uh, Cincinnati? Like, because I mean, if you think about it, those two definitely need quarterbacks. So who behind them also needs a quarterback that would be like, hey, Denver, we we like number ten. The Giants pick at seventeen. You know, you got the Redskins at fifteen. Oh, but they have Case Keenum. They're fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think they believe that. <laughs> Nobody believes that. There's not a whole lot of teams after that because, you know, they're all playoff teams with quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so there you go, Giants and the Redskins. So, you know, keep your eye on those guys. If you want, if we're going to move back, it's probably those two. Yeah, then you got Titans too, maybe. I don't know how long Marcus Mariota is going to last there. The Chargers could too because, you know, they're, they're thinking about the future beyond Phillip Rivers. How many years has Philip Rivers been playing? Thirty-seven. Uh, like, he was drafted I mean, it, same same two, as Eli Manning. Two thousand and two, two thousand and four. So, yeah. Drew Brees was two thousand two. He's still playing. He's like, but two thousand was Tom Brady. So he's the oldest man when he when he falls off the cliff. I will FaceTime here from New England, just just in the street, <laughs> just watch the tears flow, and it will be glorious. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to record a video that says, this is for all fans to Tom Brady 
we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think it'll be interesting after the Patriots log a few losing seasons to see it, just just how still there the fans are. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be glorious to watch them fall. Okay, so this takes us now to to the mystery question to close out the show on a sane note. Um, uh, what was, for better or for worse, your most favorite moment of Jay Cutler's career, with or outside of the Broncos? Oh dear. <laughs> I'm gonna be positive. I'm just trying to think back to the times he won games. I would not even be able to think of a like a specific game from Jay Cutler's career. But I do love the fact that my husband, who is not a born Broncos fan like I am, but we got married in two thousand three and he got his first Bronco shirt that he bought for himself i didn't have to give it to him is a jay cutler shirt (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah i've retired my jay cutler jersey to to the wall of of retired jerseys i have a wall here where i I got elvis doomerville over there and eddie royal and uh uh tim tebow is over there (laughs) But, uh, but my favorite uh jay cutler memory uh, I probably was, I think it was 2007. Uh, it was, you know, Cutler had, had taken over. Uh, there was no, there was no Jake Plummer breathing down his neck. He was, he was the go-to guy. And I believe it was the Raiders and it was the, um, oh, what, what was his name? It's like time, time again, they couldn't cover Eddie Royal. Like the, the, the Raiders corner just got clowned like up and down the field <laughs> and it was, it was glorious. It was Eddie Royal and Jay Cutler kept hitting um, during this Raiders game. And it was, it was magic. And and then the press conference at the end, it was, it was, uh, you know, smoking Jay, but it was, you know, he was actually kind of cool. And it was like kind of neat that he was kind of, you know, low key, just destroying the Raiders, which, you know, played very big with me at the time. What about you, Tim? What do you think? In 2008, uh, I think it was week one. I can't remember exactly if it was opening night or not, but it was Monday Night Football in Oakland. My brother, who's a Raiders fan, and I went to the game together. I tailgated with a bunch of Raiders fans. They they were all pretty cool with me and, and kind of gave me, you know, ribbed me or whatever. But they were all really nice and fed us and drank and everybody was merry. I didn't wear Broncos gear because I'm not stupid. But, um, <laughs> you know... The Broncos were up like 38 points at one point. It was 41 to 14 was the final. People, it was just mayhem. It was like a third world country. I never felt more in danger of my life. But to see all the Raiders fans walking into the... Okay, when we first got there, we walked in through the tunnel. They were chanting, Broncos suck! Broncos suck! (laughs) Three hours later, they were riding in the parking lot. Everybody's sad and drunk and... Our team sucks. The Broncos won. Two-hour drive home. I'm happy as a as a happy camper. My brother's sad. It was like, yeah, eat it, <laughs> eat it. <laughs> Thank it. you, Jake Cutler. Well, that concludes uh, this week's episode of Something Something Broncos.
Be sure to uh, read our stuff on milehighreport.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Twitch. You should tune in to our Twitch show. We've done one, and it was amazing. You're going to love it. Next week, uh, when we come at you live, uh, it'll be less than a week to go until the draft. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Peace out. Deuces. <laughs> Lord. Though we have lost Neil Smith to free agency and Steve Atwater to the Jets, still, we hope our beloved Broncos can bring home another Super Bowl championship and once again bathe in the glory of your light. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. Oh, is that, was there a death in the family? That's going in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> this is tim lynch from mile high report i'm gonna start over <laughs> this is tim lynch from mile high report on motherfucker <laughs> i can't even get through a sentence i don't know what's wrong with me I, okay uh we'll have to see how that who cares about have to see it's a fucking mock <laughs> just cut it off there fuck you've got some sort of doctor's examination table back yes. there that's yeah. that's not going to escape commentary <laughs> <laughs> early in my hollywood career i didn't have health insurance and i had a uh, a, a like a growth on my toe like a, it was like a wart and so uh, I couldn't afford to go into the doctor to have him freeze it off. But I realized that that you know that canned air, if you turn it upside down, it like shoots out like really cold propellant. And so I I was amazing. I like totally MacGyver that part off my body using the canned propellant upside down. Like it cost me five dollars, and it worked just me having to drive across town and go to the doctor and take care of it. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, Bronco. With Lord Lattimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. <laughs>